if you want to know what you want, you know, pay attention to what you're jealous of. Yeah. Uh, if you want to know what you're, what you're scared of, think about when you last felt ashamed. What, what are you feeling ashamed about? These are nudges from your soul, like, that are telling you precious information. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, a podcast of exploration, vulnerability, and curiosity in which I seek to bring more understanding and compassion to the human experience. Today, I have a very special episode for you all with my friend Vivek. We talk about all sorts of things. Um, It definitely is a long episode and it touches on a lot of different topics from dating to polyamory to vegetarianism and eating protein. We talk about uh, like working out. We talk about skiing, which hint, hint is actually a metaphor, but also a real thing. And it's just a really lovely mix of kind of just me and Vivek catching up because we haven't talked in a long time and what better way to catch up than on a podcast. And also, you know, a lot of things that we've both been thinking about lately, uh, creativity and, and, life things. Vivek is so wise and I wanted to have him on. We always have amazing conversations of a spiritual or sort of mystic realm of topic. And I think that what he has to say is always so interesting and helpful and wise. And he's just so articulate in what he says. Um, I feel like he explains things in a way that is just really easy for anyone to kind of hear and understand and even put into practice. So I really hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, The first 20 or 30 minutes are that kind of period of catching up. I didn't really know if I was going to be putting that in the episode. We never really sort of like officially started or you'll hear at some point we we kind of say should we is this our podcast (laughs) um but at the beginning we kind of just were catching up with the record on so I kind of had to slice some things together because we talked about some things that were a bit personal or mentioned people's names that I didn't want to have in there so um hopefully it is seamless and you know flows together in a way that that feels nice if you like the podcast please it would mean so much to me if you would leave a rating or a review or both and if you would share this podcast with someone who you think might enjoy it without further ado let's get to the conversation with Vivek we can chit chat um, anyway, but I just like to yeah, we can chit chat and then say <laughs> halfway through the recording, let's start. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, there are people like that, right? Hypersexual yeah. or whatever. Uh, but also, I mean, she's just not meant to be monogamous, um, right? You know, she and I, I, I always felt that it was so cool and very generous when people could share. Like, they didn't think of love as a possessive thing necessarily, mm-hmm. or didn't like think of oh yeah 
you are now limited. Like my partner is limited in, you know, I'm limiting my partner and who they can, if they yeah. have feelings for somebody, this is what they, these are the options. And I, I think we all do that, but I just, there's a bunch of people who don't do that somehow, or, or at least acknowledge the fact that that happens. Uh, and that, that's always intrigued me. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I I didn't get it too involved in that community, but it's yeah, it's super intriguing to me. So like, there's this thing called Poly Talk that happens on Wednesdays. Hmm. It's run by this throuple, and like, it's it happens to be a man, woman, woman couple, but mm -hmm. they'll all three be on the call, and they'll all call each other honey, which is like my heart just explodes. Oh. It's like it's so cute. Uh, I don't know. There's something about it that's very cool, very generous, and I don't know. It's it, it's like this frontier that we haven't really explored very much yeah this idea that love could be like that does that make sense yeah i mean anyway, i feel you were gonna um, say something yeah no i just feel like it is like i like what you're saying like it's very generous and i will say that my thought was it's fine if you date both of us but in practice i don't know how long that exactly. would last right because like in my head i'm like well I don't care what he's doing when we're not together. It's more of just like, as long as we get to be together that like enough, <laughs> then that's fine with me. Right. And also like, I'm at the place with him. That would not be like, I would not be okay with that forever. Like, I know that like, eventually mm. I would want to be monogamous, but right. as I'm just new to a city, maybe I also want to like date other people <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? And it's not, I feel like some people go out and they like actively try to date Whereas like, I feel like for me, it's more of just like, I want to be able to explore relationships that like organically come into my life. But I also I will that. say like, I don't usually date. Like I, I have hardly ever <laughs> dated. So, <laughs> so it's not like these things are happening all the time where lots of guys are coming into my life that I like want to date. And I will say like, for him, he is more like that. Like he, girls love him and like constantly come yeah. into his life. So I think as I think that would not work eventually because it would be like uh -huh. me alone than him or like me just with him and him with like lots of other girls. <laughs> like right. realistically, that's probably what would happen. So that would not be okay. Right. And I think there is something about like committing. I don't know. It feels like even just trying right. to have a relationship with one person is hard. Like tr trying to add know. a second person in to be in like a committed, like, you know, cause there has to be some kind of commitment in in like a, a relationship you know it's different than dating multiple people like at the beginning or whatever like that's right, right i think of that as different than like a polyamorous relationship where you're like committed to multiple people which sounds exactly extremely difficult <laughs> yeah no it does uh yeah no it, it totally does but I, i'm also very very grab like i found myself very like drawn to it gravitating yeah drawn to like I don't know, people who are building something together, like, mm. you know, um, a little commune. <laughs> no, 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 not just fall. Like, so there's the polyamorous side, which is I'm, which I'm talking about, like, yeah, committed, um, uh, yeah. people, like there's people who've been like 15, 20 years wow. together, like three or four people, or they're uh, committed in the sense that it's not, I mean, they've been together, right. They're, yeah. they're authentically relating or whatever. Uh, but you know, they might be monogamish or they might be poly ish, uh, mm -hmm. like, like it's, you know, sexual and emotional intimacy has, they, they have, they have negotiated different 
boundaries for each thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, they've been together for a long time and it works and stuff like that. Uh, so that's that's one side. And mm-hmm. then like in general, just committing, whether it's polyamorously or monogamously, it's like there's something amazing about committing and then, you know, it unlocks things within yourself that, um, I don't know, that uh, that are probably not accessible otherwise. Yeah. You know, you, you know, feeling that, that feeling again, this is totally theoretical because I actually haven't been in a long-term relationship, long-term, whether monogamous or polyamorous. Uh, so, but like, <laughs> I know I love that we're both like having this like deep intellectual, like conversation about something that like neither of us have really experienced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why we have to say, Hey, I'm very drawn to this idea. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but I think, yeah, there's something amazing about that. Like when I see people, it sounds very sports teamish, but just have let, <laughs> knowing that someone has your back all the time. Uh, and yeah. knowing that you're loved, it just yeah. does, it has to do something to your brain chemistry and your, the way you move through the world has to, it just looks different when yeah, somebody's totally. like juicy. <laughs> That's the word I have for it. Especially women. It's like they're gushing. What, what a relationship can do to a person. It's, it's yeah. pretty miraculous sometimes. I feel like I'm not, I'm you like, don't like a of, lot of people. Yeah. I'm not attracted to a lot of people. It's not that I don't find really? people attractive because I can see like physically someone is like mm. good looking or something. You can calculate that they're attractive. I, I'm like, <laughs> eyes are the same size. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have head size features. equity with this person. <laughs> size equity. Um, <laughs> I can see if I think someone is good looking. Mm. I won't say if they are, I guess that's obje- that's subjective. Mm. But um in term as far as attraction goes, I feel like that's a lot more like energetic. And it I actually mm. like need to be like emotionally connected to someone in order to feel yeah. attracted to them. Right. Like I'm not I don't see a guy on the beach and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so attracted to that guy. Like that doesn't really like mm. exist for me. Yeah. You know, okay. Here's what I would uh, again, stop me when I my recommendations are totally unsolicited. <laughs> the, the idea that came to my head was like, so whatever your interests are, right? Like, yeah, eating lots of meat and stuff. You should go to PaleoCon. <laughs> should go to PaleoCon or whatever, you know, uh, regenerative agriculture con or whatever. Like, if you go to a convention where a billion people are doing the same, like, it's not a billion people, but a lot of people. You're surrounded by the yeah. energies that you. Because attraction is not, like you said, it's energetic, right? And it's very individual, but also individuals are also, like, it all, it's all one thing. Like your interests, the things that you already value um, are, you know, that that plays a role in attraction. You're already, if you're going to a place where already attracted to the topic and lifestyle and things that people talk about. I bet you you would find the ratio more than uh, the beach. <laughs> oh my god, I looked at this person on the beach. <laughs> the beach. Yeah. Well, I will say I'm attracted to a lot more people in Asheville than I was in LA, and I think people in Asheville are more attracted to me than people in LA were. Also, I'm I think there's just like surprised. there's yeah. a match there. Um, but it's funny that you said the meat thing because a lot of people here are vegetarian. And that's pretty much like a no-go for me at this point. I'm like, I've already tried that and I'm not yeah, going to go in that direction. Meat and greens. So. <laughs> that's all I do. 
<laughs> Wait, actually, you're... Eating organ meats and give me the bone broth today. <laughs> yeah, I know. Go ahead. No, I was going to say because you're also someone who is vegetarian and now you eat meat. Yes. And you don't regret it. Do you? I regret it. Like, uh, there's no regret either way. Um, I made choices at both. Like, when I was vegetarian, I was... I was born vegetarian, so it was not much of a choice to make. But right. also, I, I I would have chosen it a billion times. I, I always resented that people thought I was vegetarian only because I was born into it. Yeah. I always thought, like, no, if I had to choose it, I would choose vegetarian. Yeah. And I did. And then I was pre-diabetic in 2016. I got yeah. diagnosed or whatever. And I was like, okay, all right. I've looked into everything. I'm going to suck it up and try to eat meat just to eat more protein. Uh, that was my big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, life became a lot better. Um, I, you know, and that's not to say that I couldn't have done it eating, you know, vegetarian. Vegan would be probably tough, but yeah, yeah. vegetarian. Uh, oh, maybe even vegan's fine. Uh, again, but I haven't worked all that part out. All I knew was I needed to eat more protein, whichever method. And I'm actually moving a little bit away from eating more meat. Uh, now I've done a lot of it in the last five years. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, principally, I'm not at all opposed to eating, um, like for myself. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not thinking about the world and blah blah blah. Just pure health stuff. Yeah, uh, eating lots more protein, which whether it's plant protein, animal protein, whatever, and it's just much easier to get from animals. Yeah. Um, it's just every like I start my day with a protein shake for the last five years. Uh, it's just like your anxiety goes down. You're 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 craving carbs less. Like uh, you don't crash after lunch. Blah blah blah. So yeah, in answer to your question, yeah. Forget about regret. I'm very proud of it. Like I'm, there's no, uh, I mean, it's, it's not even pride. Yeah. It's not a question of regret one way or the other. Like, yeah. I didn't, I was, I, I chose it fairly consciously in both directions. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, yeah, same. I chose consciously to be vegetarian because I didn't grow up vegetarian, not because I didn't, but I didn't. And also I chose it consciously, but yeah. I, I also started eating meat again because of the protein thing. I was just like, there's no way to get, especially doing intermittent fasting. Do you do intermittent fasting? I did at some point, not okay. anymore. It's, no. I was like, it's impossible to get enough protein when you're intermittent fasting if you're not eating animal products. Yeah. There's, it's just impossible. Like, there's no way. Yeah. It's, You'd it's have very to eat tough. so much food. <laughs> like, a it's short, very tough. small sitting. It's very tough. Yeah. I, I mean, protein shakes can help and stuff. But yeah, yes, that's true. To get that's from true. Whole Foods, to get protein from Whole Foods is not easy. It's No. That, that's, I was eating like two eggs a day thinking, oh yeah, I'm getting enough protein because I'm eating these two eggs. I'm like, that's like 12 grams of protein <laughs> out of like the needed at least 80, <laughs> yeah. which is like probably on the low end actually. I mean, I was, I was lifting weights yeah, and yeah. lifting weights. They're like one gram of protein per, bo- per pound of body weight. Yeah. What? The, okay. I weigh 180 pounds of, yeah. like, <laughs> like I'm 180 I- pounds. <laughs> The amount of protein I was getting was 30 pounds. Uh, yeah, 30, 30 grams. grams. Yeah, yeah. 30 grams. No matter how I, like I, I got two chipotle. Uh, like chipotle would get me a good, vegetarian chipotle is good. Yeah. It has so many beans. Beans is very good. And I'm very pro beans. So beans <laughs> is good. Uh, beans and rice has protein. So, okay, yeah. fine. So 24 grams through chipotle. Any other meal in the day, uh, it's not going to make that much of a dent. So yeah. let's let's be generous and say 35 grams. I was getting 35 grams of protein a day. That's what I was getting, I think. Severely underproteinated. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. getting about. And I was thinking, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, and it's a miracle. You Okay, you take take that same veggie bowl and then add chicken. Chicken is just a little bit of chicken. I know. Right? And suddenly your protein like almost 
doubles. It's, I know. It's, I think it's 20, 15 to 20 grams of protein in that one freaking serving of chicken. Yeah. It's crazy. What the fuck? Yeah. What just happened? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, and the way I started thinking about it was, okay, this is what they do. This is what animals do for us, right? Yeah. That's why we do. At every stage of the process, animals are just aggregating, plants are aggregating, you know, photosynthesis is a process of yeah every line up the food chain they're aggregating more they're concentrating protein more and more densely right right plants are getting the sun and they're getting the soil the nutrients from the soil and then animals are eating those plants and like turning them into protein for us right they're doing all that work yeah Yeah, they're they're, i mean they're not turning into protein for us they're turning into muscles for themselves that's Yeah, they're creating, they didn't, they didn't have, these animals are, are creating meals for us. And we're just saying, no, thank you. Like how rude. <laughs> You're right. No. Yeah. 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 But they, they, okay. So they're, they're doing like cows have, you know, pretty much nothing to do. All, they just graze all the day, all day. And then yeah. they have muscles. Right. Yeah. And we're like, okay, yeah, that's, it's, if you, if you skip that layer of the food chain and go, I want to go to the base of the food chain. Um, yeah. At that point, it wouldn't have aggregated that much. But I yeah. would say, like, Greek yogurt. So I got good at finding. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm still going to try to eat as less meat as possible mm-hmm. um, going forward because I'm feeling a draw to that more and more, to eat a little bit less meat. Yeah. Um, uh, but so I found so some of my hooks are just like like my parents, right? They don't eat meat at all. They don't touch eggs, yeah. really. Um, but Greek yogurt is a fucking superpower because like one cup of greek yogurt has 12 to 15 grams yeah of cottage cheese also has tons i know protein. it's disgusting oh you I don't like cottage it. cheese oh, I you like it. it yeah uh, okay okay uh i should say i haven't actually tried it <laughs> I, my friend <laughs> just like, opened oh, it in gross. front of me oh and he just opened it and he was like dude it doesn't smell good or whatever i'm like okay it looks like it doesn't smell good so i'm not gonna try it <laughs> okay <laughs> so it looks looks bad but i did buy it a few times and throw it throw it into the trash because that's what happens sometimes yeah, in groceries. Yeah. <laughs> but i never actually tried it is it good i mean i like it i mean yeah? it is i think it is maybe a little bit of an acquired taste because i definitely didn't like it when i was younger but i did start eating it when i was trying to eat more protein right now i've just I really eat like a lot of meat. I, I basically make meat like the center of my right. meals. And then sometimes I'll sense. have like a little bit of fruit or like a little bit of veggies. Um, but mostly I eat just meat. And then. Um, oh, my God. Can I visit you? Yeah. Sarah, I am actually coming. I, I realize. You're like, I've Clayton's... actually already rushed my flight. No, no, I haven't. <laughs> uh, but Clayton, Georgia is where oh. I'm going to camp nerd fitness. Have you heard? By the oh. way, you should what come to camp. What is that? There's still some seats open. Clayton, Georgia? Uh, Camp Nerd Fitness. It's only 60 miles. It is one and a half hours away from from Asheville, right? (gasps) Yeah, it's it's really close. And I know it's like uh, a thousand bucks or 800 or 900 bucks for camp, but it's four days of all kinds of fitness classes, lots of, it's, it's started from paleo folks, right? It's all um, like, they're huge fans of the paleo diet, huge fans of eating lots of protein uh, and veggies and stuff. Um, there's going to be classes on, you know, beginner barbell weightlifting, uh, MMA, um, running, like eating better, intuitive eating, body image, um, 
let's say sword fighting, like it's nerd sword fitness. Fighting. Okay. Oh hell yeah! So long sword, uh, like Game of Thrones type stuff. Like they're you know they have classes for that. Um, they have classes for they have talks about running. I'm planning to do like an improv. Uh, like a like an attendee led workshop, so cool. I, I would lead a workshop on improv uh, and stuff like that. So I went in 2015. I went in 2016, and it totally shut down after that. Oh, okay. And now it's coming back. Six years. Oh, this, how exciting! It's majority women, like which is it what is? the only way I got to like. So I have had a fitness wound for a long time, right? I could never. I. I basically stepped out of the world of the body essentially like i didn't do anything gym related athletics related because i had so many wounds about i mean not physical wounds but emotional wounds with yeah. um you know the competitiveness like especially in the male world like being an athlete not being picked um, yeah you know uh being good at stuff but not being picked or not be, not being good enough like, like there's a lot of emotional baggage attached to that so i just i just checked out of all that and going into the gym was such a ugh such a viscerally unappetizing experience <laughs> for me. So I didn't do anything. The, the, the thing that got me into all of that is like um, CrossFit and nerd fitness was a huge part of it because it's focused on incremental change mm. and like nerd fitness. So it's not like bro fitness. It's not, not too, yeah. I don't know. It's very um, inclusive. Yeah. Is what I would say. So it, it really helped me get back into it. And uh, I did the powerlifting comp, I lifted. I did an actual powerlifting competition. Wow, in that's so 2018. cool. Yeah, so actually, I, I don't know if you'd be into it at all, but uh, it's it's amazing. It's one of the best weekends of uh, the year. Usually when yes. I go, yeah. I think I still have too many fitness wounds to go to something. Yeah, like <laughs> I feel like we're yeah. like the same person. We have like we're both like slow at relationships and sex. We both are, um, have fitness, like fitness, fitness wounds, wounds and like leave our bodies. We both, um, we're vegetarian and vegetarians. now we no. <laughs> we're like living right. out the same like parallel life. I feel like exactly. Yeah. But that sounds awesome. And you should come to Asheville after. Should we just call yeah. this our podcast and keep going? Okay. So, well, I really wanted Let's to see. have you. What were we planning to talk about? Well, I wanted to talk to you about like some like spirituality stuff. Cause I feel like you've been, po well, you kind of always do, but you've been posting, well, you've been posting a lot on skiing, which maybe that's just like a hobby with no spiritual connection, but it seems like, I feel like with you, like there's always a spiritual connection to things. And then <laughs> do you think that's true? Yes. Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then, um, and then you've been like posting a lot of like pieces of talks and stuff from spiritual teachers. Mm -hmm. So I feel like those are also interesting. And then you said you want to talk to me about art. <laughs> well, yes, but that's for my, um, that's for my podcast when I, uh, when I talk to you. Oh, you don't uh, want to talk to me no. about it here? Wow, rude. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's hit them one by one. So absolutely correct. We'll talk about all of them. Uh, skiing. <laughs> yes. Everything is. Like, it's not that everything's spiritual. <laughs> I'm not like coming into the, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm not putting, like I'm not opening my apartment door saying, "Oh, a key that unlocks the apartment that symbolizes the key." I don't know. like. The, the key. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the mindset that <laughs> unlocks our secret powers. That's not you know, not everything is like that. But yeah, um, like important interests that in my life usually 
it turns out they are connected to something mm-hmm. um, more symbolic and deeper. Um, mm-hmm. So with skiing, the story is basically that, uh, you know, it started about, this is a very long story if you want to hear it. I do. Yeah. Okay, cool. You've been Everyone watching. settle in, got a blanket, got a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Get some bone broth. Get Sarah will like broth. you for it. <laughs> Sarah, do you have a plug for a bone broth company? <laughs> Um, go to your local butcher. They always have the best bone broth. That's my plug. Spoken like a true, <laughs> true Ashevillian, um, uh, or a true paleo person. But yes, uh, I was going to say, so basically, um, it started with this question with my therapist, right? And I, I would say, Hey, I want to look, uh, like, I want to have compassion for the part of me that didn't do a lot of didn't engage in the world because they were mm-hmm. depressed mm-hmm. and uh, in pain and, you know, just like chose to disengage from the world. But I also want to have compassion for the part of me that's like, ah, oh, you're just whining about feeling bad, but there's life is being lived. You're losing time, you know, and you're losing opportunities and that time's never going to come back. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so those two are like opposite sides uh, of, of, of this, uh, like this polarity right? Uh, I want to have compassion for the side of me that's ambitious, that wants, wants to do things, mm-hmm. and that's wanted to do things for a long time. And also for the side of me that couldn't do those things because it was just too scared of the world or didn't want to engage and was depressed and wanted to curl up in a blanket and watch cartoons and porn all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that kind of yeah. self-soothing, right? Yeah. And also a self also the part of me that's ambitious. So those two were kind of in conflict. Mm. So I told my therapist, how do you reconcile that? Like, I don't know what the right way to think about it is. Like on the one hand, I don't want to like whip myself into doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, At the same time, I don't want to not do anything and say, oh no, I need to have compassion. So have compassion or Mm. self-compassion or self-love be this weird I don't want to use the word excuse, but this, this, this kind of like shield against ambition, like doing things, you know, the, yeah. the urge, I need to have compassion for that part of myself too. Right. So my therapist was like, so I said, I don't know how to reconcile them. And in true therapist fashion, she just took, took it, threw it back at me. She's like, uh, what do you think is the line between these two? What do you, what do you think is a reconciliation? Hmm. And I was like, I, I, I don't know um, if I have a perfect answer, but I think you have to be kind to yourself and all parts of yourself, but life is f- short or fleeting or, you know, whatever. Life is important. Time is important. So you should always, the important question is, are you skiing every day? Are you, that was the metaphor. I, again, this is coming It just came out of nowhere, the skiing it, metaphor? It was coming up, yeah, for a bunch of months before. So this, this conversation is where it came from. And I, yeah. I would always... It was just very naturally would come to me. This thing of like, are you going downhill? Like life is mm-hmm. about flow. It's about mm-hmm. flow. It's about time. It's not about stagnation. Like if you think of a river, right? It's not right. about like, it needs to go. You know, time, yeah. Your life needs to flow through you. You need to do things. You need to not just hold yourself back, hold your talents back, hold your gifts back, hold your potential back. And, you know, because of whatever reason, you need to make sure you're participating in the flow of life. Um and at the same time, 
you know, yeah, be be compassionate to yourself and make sure that you're at least skiing some every day. You're you're going, you're going downhill. Like life is a process of flow. What's flow? Flow is downhill. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, so that that ski that metaphor came and it kept coming up over and over again in this context of like, okay, this is the line. The line is, yeah, be compassionate, blah blah blah. But the question is, are you skiing? Are you you should be skiing every day. You should be going downhill. You know, life is like this endless slope or whatever. Just keep going, going, you know, uh, downhill. So that metaphor kept coming up. And I skied literally one time in 2013 or something like this. I had no knowledge of skiing. I don't know what it felt like. <laughs> but the metaphor just kept coming up for me because I couldn't picture it any other way. I was like, yeah, yeah. skiing, like making decisions, like you're going left and you're going right. You're participating in life. That's what skiing meant to me then. And uh, then I went to, months later, I went to this um, um, road trip, right, with my friend uh, in, in, in Denver. Uh, you know, uh, she was from Texas. We met up in Denver. Um, and, you know, we went around Colorado, and I met another friend in Arizona later. Uh, so this, this trip in the Colorado portion, we went to some of the mountains in Colorado, and I was like, I remember when I was like, uh, when I was in college, I told my lab mates uh, I was going to Colorado for Thanksgiving. They were like, "Are you skiing?" Uh, I didn't even know. I was new to the U.S. I had no idea Colorado was a skiing <laughs> place or whatever. Like Colorado, I don't think of it like that. Uh, so we just went whitewater rafting then, because they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna be really mad at you if you do, if you go all the way to Colorado and don't ski." It's like, huh? Um, interesting. Anyway, this was in 2010 or 20, 2009 or something like that. Yeah. And they were they were American, so yeah, they knew all this stuff. So um, so anyway, that trip we didn't end up skiing, but I always had a mental note in my head. It's like, oh, if I go back to Colorado, uh, yeah, I have to, I, I should ski, you know. <laughs> and so yeah, this friend and I we went skiing, and it was it was a long and tor- torturous, like weird, horrible day. Uh, like finding, we went to the wrong slope, and then we fell, and then we we had to go to the, go back to the right slope, and we you know had to wait like forty five minutes in line for one run. Oh gosh! But that one run, I mean, I did two runs that day, uh, and just making a turn, like it, the metaphor and reality totally merged. Mm. I felt there was a absolute thrill like when you're when you're going down even the bunniest of bunny slopes uh-huh. and you learn oh my god I'm, I'm stopping and then I, I can steer myself left and I can steer myself right and oh my okay okay there is something that's calling me to this there's something calling me to this work uh, <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Uh, there's something calling me to I don't know the slopes like uh, yeah. um, and I wonder if it has to do with that metaphor so that's when I caught the butt and then after I started doing it more and more, the other thing I was trying to heal is, well, it's the same thing. It's just like avoiding life when, you know, you're a perfectionist or you're, you, look, this thing hasn't gone my way or this thing hasn't gone my way. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just going to avoid mm-hmm. taking action. Mm-hmm. So making turns in skiing became like, oh, it's like improv, right? You don't make the perfect move. You don't make the perfect, you just make the next choice and the next choice and the next choice and the next choice. Like, like, let's say we're in a scene, you call me honey, right? Uh, and you're thinking I'm your, uh, I'm your husband. And I'm thinking I'm your kid. And mm-hmm. I say, yeah, mom. And then suddenly it's like, I've, yeah. okay. But you just make the next choice after that, right? You don't, make, uh, you don't have to make the perfect choice. You just make the next choice right, right. after that. Uh, like that. In life, like you just 
just keep making turns. You keep skiing down. That's the metaphor. And um, so that's the spiritual connection. So that's how I got obsessed with skiing. Totally, the metaphor and reality really like came together and it became literally presented to me like that. Um, there's also a bunch of long stories about getting hung up on somebody and learning how to ski, um, you know, in the love department, getting, getting hung up on, like I was um, trying to get over someone and um, yeah, and I, for some reason skiing was the next thing for me to, to make the next choice, to make the next choice and to um, not be stagnant. So that's what skiing represents. That's the meaning of skiing for me. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, in some ways I feel like that is very similar to like how I've been engaging with art. Like I feel like it, right. It's a process of being present and making the next choice. Like you say, it's like that, especially if you're skiing, I mean, with art, the stakes are very low. I feel like when you're skiing, the stakes are a lot higher because you could like die maybe I don't know that's what, that's what I think of when I think of skiing I'm like I could die yeah. but it's like really there's people behind you there's people maybe all around you there's you're on mm. you're out in the elements you're I don't know like there's more immediate physical immediacy than obviously right. with art it's like a lot more no nothing bad is going to happen to you if you like yeah do anything it's <laughs> art you know uh yeah but it's still that same process of like which I would call like a creative process of like being very present, being very like in the moment with your senses and being able to like engage with that present moment so deeply that you're, you're kind of following it or, or create, you know, creating with it to like make the next choice instead of right. The alternative, which is kind of like what you alluded to is like, moving from a place of judgment, moving from a place of fear, basically moving from a place of thought. Right. That's the difference. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And actually that's one of the reasons I wanted to ask you about your art. Uh, Cause I've been a huge fan of your art. I know you're my, reason. you I'm and like, Deidre are my two huge fans. And reply my guys. <laughs> yeah. We're reply guys. Yeah. I love it. Well, I, I specifically like I've, I, I've become a reply guy. I've been like yes. every Sarah's art post. Like, I get some good commentary. <laughs> or publicity. No, but it's, it's like so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly it. Uh, by leaving comments, I'm, <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm public. I'm, what I'm really doing is publicizing it. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for anointing me with that title. Uh, but yes, it's, it's like, I love the fact that, you know, you just woke up one day. I know you didn't just wake up one day, but it just felt like <laughs> from you, from your you started making stuff. Yeah. You started making stuff. I'm making stuff every day, almost yeah. every day. Like I see a new post. From I you. post every day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's colorful and it's, it's vivid and it's basically literally anything you thought of maybe it's a quote <laughs> or maybe it's like bananas that intersect with each other like this art like and then or or maybe it's uh you're laying in a bathtub with flippers for feet like it, i love it it's awesome Those are regular feet that's how i draw feet <laughs> i know that was my comment it was off i don't think i said the word flippers oh. but i was like uh yeah no but it's so cool so that's what i'm working on right like yeah. it's just doing do, 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 yeah, do. Yeah, publish, yeah, publish, do publish, 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 publish. Yeah. Reps, 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 reps. Yeah, yeah, One totally of the coaches right. I follow on Instagram, Jill Fit is her handle. She's an amazing, amazing oh, business coach, but she talks about quantity. Sorry. Quantity mm. begets quality. 
Mm, yeah. Just like improv, right? Like get on stage more often. Like keep keep like quantity as you do more reps. Um, I mean, it begets like you you get better at it. Like mm-hmm. half the questions you think about on your second or fifth post, like you won't automatically will not think about them in your hundred and fifth mm. post. Yeah, it it just won't happen. Like it would have resolved itself through doing. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, for me, like I think there was a point and I think this is the point. So there's a point I think at which I would like typically quit something. And I think Mm -hmm. that's that point that I've now with the art and like why I've posted every day. Cause I tend to like start, I'm really bad with discipline. And so I tend, and I know that. So I tend to start to not put that pressure on myself and just say, well, this is what I'm doing for now. And at any point I could stop and I'm not going to get mad at myself for it. But with the art, it's been an interesting, I've been sort of exploring with like at that point where I don't know what to do next, I'm going to keep doing it. Like, and that's been sort of the, that edge for me of like pushing Mm -hmm. through that of being like, I have absolutely no idea what to do next. So like when I started my art, I was doing, it was basically coming, I was basically going through this sort of, we'll call it a breakup it's not exactly what it is, but, and I was in like a lot of grief. I was in a lot of just like emotional pain. I really wanted to control the situation. I was like having a lot of like tantrumy thoughts basically. <laughs> and I basically just like decided to give those thoughts a platform <laughs> and mm-hmm. draw them out. And so I was doing these like sort of, I was calling them affirmations and they were basically like the like affirmations for my ego, like the universe is bending to my will, (laughs) which obviously is not like an affirmation that you would normally see, but like, that's what I, my ego like wanted. And I was like, I'm going to give that to you. Like you get to, you get to say that and you get to like have that voice. And so it became a thing where I was just like, all of these thoughts that I was having, I would like, literally, it would, I would be like going to sleep. And then I would all of a sudden have a thought and I would write it down like in my phone. So I have a list of like all of these thoughts that I like wanted to draw in my phone. Um, And so then, you know, the next time I drew, I would like draw something. I probably don't draw every day, but I draw like almost every day and I draw like enough each time that I have like plenty of, you know, I have posts out into the future if I'm just posting one a day. Um, And then there came a point where that mind chatter kind of stopped or like looked a little bit less interesting to me. And that was like one of those points where I'm like, well, now what do I do? Because this is what I've been doing. I don't know what to do next. And that's, I think when I started drawing mugs of different colors. And so, and that kind of like took me into where I was like, oh, you can just draw. Like I, I, I thought of what, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name, but Sean, what's his last name? Um, one of the owners of the theater would always say like, if it feels weird, Casey, do, it, do it more. Monaghan. Monaghan I think. Several I think, Sean's. I know. I think Sean Monaghan is the one who said this. Okay. Um, uh-huh. But you, uh, if it feels weird, do it more. And like, I kind of took that thing where I'm just like, well, this one <laughs> picture of a mug, like this one, like essentially bad drawing of a mug isn't that right. interesting, but like, five bad drawings of a mug is cool so like I kind of took that approach and started to create these like series of things 
where it's like, well, one thing isn't that, you know, cause I'm not that good at drawing. So it's like, it's not my, it's not my like technical skill. That's like very impressive, <laughs> but it's like mm. just this kind of, um, yeah, like creating series of things or just like seeing, okay, like what, what is the thing I want to follow? What's a pattern here that I want to follow? And, and so my creativity started to go more in like that direction where it's like, oh, I drew this like one picture of bananas and now I'm going to color it in a hundred different ways. And like that really like speaks to my creativity. And like, that's like, makes me, it's like following a curiosity kind of. So I feel like there's mm. that point of like doing something every day and like continually doing it. Like what you were just saying. Um, part of that I think is, is that yes, you get better on a technical level, but I think also it like your that allows your creativity, like it's right. practicing that, right? It's just practicing following your creativity, even in moments where you, you feel like, but where is it? Like, I don't, I'm not feeling that creative pull, but like it is there. You just have to like be with it long enough for it to show right. itself kind of, I think. Mm. Sorry, That's that was so like very long-winded. <laughs> No, it's not at all. It's, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, actually, that that connects a lot to what you were saying earlier and what we were talking about earlier with the uh, commitment thing. Mm. Like, it unlocks a certain part mm. of yeah yourself to like what basically what you're talking about is receptivity. Like, mm, yeah, hey, I can listen to the voice, the inner voice, better when I do when I'm practicing listening to it every day. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do next. Ah, that's the blank page, right? That's the eternal yes. question for all creators. Right. Uh, but when you face it every day, you're like, ah, okay, you get better at romancing it. Like, mm. like listening to the divine, you know, what Rumi would call uh, the beloved, right? You're the, the, the mystical beloved, like mm. the, the one who's not seen, but the, the one who pervades everything like that. You, you listen to hear, you get better at hearing her voice and you get, you become a better lover of the beloved uh, when you, when you have that devotion to it every day and in some form or fashion, you're, I can't, I can't quite tell. I can't, okay, there, there it is. Okay. Mm. That's what I'm going to do today. Yeah. Uh, I can't uh, there, that it, so you're, you're, you're reaching for it every day. Yeah. It becomes easier to you. Yeah, totally. You become, you become better acquainted with your own creative voice. Yeah. It's interesting that you are t using those words because I've actually been like tracking Venus through the sky because Venus was just in Capricorn for like four months, which is unusual, like because it had a retrograde. Um, so I've been tracking Venus and a lot of this has been coming from that. And of course, Venus is that archetype, that beloved, that like, um, and I ha kind of was, have been talking to this astrologer and he's like, you know, talking about that, like romancing her and, and really kind of, yeah, like prioritizing that. And, and so that has like played, you know, I've in a way like been sort of conscious of that as well through all of this of, of, and it, it comes back to like, right. The, ro the romance and the relationships too. Like you're saying you can commit to a relationship. I feel like for me, interestingly, it's brought me back to myself because I think I was so focused on relationships and I was like, I really want to meet someone, especially being alone in a new city. I'm like, oh, it'd be so great to have like boyfriend. <laughs> um, and I was like really, really focused on that. And the more that I like engage with my creativity, the less I care if I have, like I, I even had, which I've never had this thought in my whole life. I've had the thought 
a couple times over the last few weeks, I actually don't maybe want a boyfriend. Like I actually, Mm. if there's something that's going to take me away from this, if there's something that's going to distract me from this, then I don't want that, which is insane. Like I've always done art and like love. I love art and I love being creative, but I would gladly give that up to be in a relationship. Like relationship has always been the most important thing. And so it's really interesting now, like going into that more deeply and pushing that edge more of being like, no, this is really precious to me. And I don't want to, I like that more than being in, you know, than the prospect of being in a relationship. Obviously it would be cool. Like, and I like what you said about the commitment thing. Cause it's like, yeah, that is also like, I guess any area of our life is the place where we can. That's what grow and right yeah that's exactly what i'm saying i'm talking about you committing to your art right oh i think because i was thinking about like relation like committing to like a person and having a creative experience within a relationship i think that also sounds really cool right and i was pulling out that theme in the sense (laughs) that like so what we were talking about earlier was hey when you're committed to a person right committed to a relationship of some some kind yeah um it unlocks stuff that right. might not have unlocked otherwise. So uh, I was pulling out that theme where, like, hey, when you're committing to do art every day, right. it unlocks some part of your creativity yeah. that you might not have access to when you're just dabbling. Right, um, yeah. You know, oh, I'm going to make, like, yeah, whenever I feel like it, sometimes maybe I do something. You're like, actually, I'm going to publish. I'm I'm always ABP always be publishing. Uh, <laughs> you're always you're always. I'm gonna put something. that in my profile. <laughs> ABP. ABP. <laughs> always so be posting funny. or yeah. always be publishing. I love that. Um, yeah, because so when you're committed, like committed to anything, is, right? To art, to yeah. a relationship. When you take skiing. something seriously, when you're devoting yeah, yourself devotion, in a certain a way, word. yeah, you're you you know you you get access to things and things come to you uh, different parts of you flourish Mm -hmm. that maybe don't get a chance to when you're, you're not, you're dabbling that. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Just dabbling. Like, I think like maybe you can dabble in a devoted manner, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's possible too. But I'm just trying to say like devotion, devoting, like I think having that attitude of um, investment. You know what? I, I love that word because to me, Like, I hate the word discipline. And I'm like, I feel like I'm so bad at being disciplined. Like, I'm never going to be the person who's like going to meditate every morning. Like, I have, I do that in a dabbling way, right? Like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a 30 day. That would be even like long for me. Like, I'll do it for a week. Um, But devotion, like, and I've always, like, part of me thought, oh, I should be, I should be more disciplined. But then I kind of thought, and I didn't think of the word devotion, which is why I love that you're bringing it up. But I always thought, but I am like devoted. Like you can be devoted without being, having discipline, right? Hmm. I mean, that's what I'm thinking now is like devotion is really what we're looking for. Discipline can be a helpful tool, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. But I like- No, for sure. You'd be surprised like- um that they're often calling for the same thing. Uh, Mm. So the word discipline comes from the word disciple. Mm. Disciple is somebody who's devoted to someone. Like I'm, 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 (laughs) right. 
you know, yeah. I'm a disciple. I'm a student of you. Right. I'm just devoted to your, you know, what, well, hey, you want me to do this? I'll do this. You know, it's like a disciple is like a student, is, is somebody who's devoted to the teacher. That's right. a disciple. Um, so discipline should make us think of disciple. It should make us think of devotion, right? But mm. it, it doesn't. It makes us think of order, uh, right? Which I think is, is, is important yeah. too, but I think that's the way it's used in our in our culture. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm with you. Like what's, what's needed is devotion and discipline. I have had a very tendentious, long, weird relationship with discipline too. I, I, it doesn't, um, the word doesn't sit very easily with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the word devotion sits much more easily with me because devotion is about values. It's about direction. Right. 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 Hey, this particular thing, I value this thing. Mm-hmm. Now I do think that there's something to be said for the other side of that, which is, so whether it's discipline or like, okay, how do you make sure that what you say you value and what you're actually doing are in alignment? Right. Right. That's rigor. Like you have to be rigorous. Like it, it secures your, um, like what, you, have you heard of the word virtue signaling? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But we're always signal. So I have this blog post in me that I, I need to write at some point, <laughs> but it's basically like the point of ritual and habit mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It, there's three components to it. One, there's intrinsic value, right? So let's say you're meditating. Uh, meditation has some intrinsic value to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like let's right. say you're brushing your teeth, like, uh, or brushing your teeth is a bad example because it's not a ritual, but let's say you're working sure. out every day <laughs> yeah. or you're pray- you're doing prayer every day or okay. you're yeah. uh, working out every day or you're meditating every day, whatever it is. Right. Um, so there's the intrinsic value of that thing. Right. You're singing every day. Oh, there's a value to singing, you know, practicing singing makes your throat better, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Right. Makes practicing you, meditation. Your instrument. Like makes you more aware of your thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Calmer. There's yeah. all the, you know, physical benefits. You're calmer. You're, um, right. you know, your heart rate's better. You're probably going to think better for your job, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, all kinds of stuff. Um, working out every day, you're probably going to be healthier. If you lift Stronger. weights, you're going to, yeah. your cognitive benefits. There's, uh, you know, muscle masses highly correlated to living longer um, and, and, and so on and so on and so forth. So there's the intrinsic value. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is, and I think this is probably one of the most interesting and important parts to me, which is it's signaling to yourself. Like you're saying by meditating every day. So for me, meditation is the closest example because I did meditate every day for yeah. uh, 536 days in a row. Wow. Once. Yeah. Which is nuts, right? I never thought I would make it past 30 never yeah. and I didn't yeah I fell off the wagon maybe like 50 times okay uh, yeah. before I got to 30 and then another 20 times before I got to more 500. than 60 <laughs> yeah. and then I fell off once at 99 and then I oh my god you know yeah yeah anyway but so um anyway but so but I could look at the calm app and look at the streak and be like ah okay so it's a signal to myself that hey I say I value this but this is how I signal to myself that I do value mm. this. Yeah. Right? Like, so that's meditation, but it could be like, um, more common ones would be things like, you know, I'm the kind of person who does this. Like I, I'm working out every day. Most people work out every day as a ritual. That thing is baked into their soul where mm-hmm. they're like, Hey, I'm just that kind of guy. I'm just that kind of person that does this all, you know, like I'm signaling to myself that, Ah, I'm still that kind of person that does this every day. You're signaling your values. There's like an identity component there. 
Exactly. Okay. And then the third component is the social identity component, which is like, so this is personal identity and then there's social identity, which is like, I, I'm signaling to self, which is the second one. The third mm-hmm. one is signaling to others. Like, hey, I go to mass every Sunday or whatever. I'm signaling to everyone else. Hey, I say that I value God. This is how I show that I value God hmm. to everyone, right? I put something, I'm doing something that's expensive, that's costly, that, that takes energy. I have to wake up. It's painful. <laughs> I, have to, I have to get in my car. I have to put yeah. the kids in the thing. I have to dress everybody up and then go and then sit in church and then come back. Like, it's a lot of energy. <laughs> but evolutionarily, yeah. the way you show that something is a good, uh, an honest signal is that it costs something to do it. Like saying, I love you is cheap. But putting three months of your salary and getting a ring and then saying I love you is expensive. That's why one is a more honest signal than the other. Wow. This That's is signaling theory. Okay, so how do you feel like how do you relate to all of those things? Like how do you feel about them? I feel like you're clarifying something for me. But I want to hear what about, like well, how this do you is relate signaling to that theory? Oh, okay. It's just a theory. So signaling theory is basically uh, how animals show, like if you walk into a savanna and stuff like that, there's like a lion, it's like a bunch of gazelles or whatever, or yeah. deer or whatever. Sometimes you'll see a gazelle, it, it'll throw its legs up like this and, okay. and, and, and jump up in the air and stuff yeah. like that. And what it's doing, it's signaling to the lion, don't come after me. I'm actually really young. I can run like hell. Go after one of the guys who can't do that because this is, it takes a lot of energy to do this. Okay. It takes a lot of strength to do this. Interesting. It's it's a signal. It's a signal, right? So signaling theory works in all of our lives all the time, right? That's why we listen to actions instead of words because words are easy to fake, but actions are harder to fake and costlier actions are even harder to fake. Yeah. So habits and stuff like that, like so that's my whole blog that I need to write about signaling theory. It's like habits that show you your values that are like, it's easy to say that I value meditation. It's harder to meditate for 500 days in a row. Cause it's painful and expensive yeah. and costly and blah, right, blah, blah. Right, right. And, you know, going to mass or going to, you know, keeping kosher or what, you know, your insert, your favorite social ritual, right? Like, right. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, let's say your partner has has some some something that they do uh, that the you know let's say, let's say your partner is an improviser and you're not. Okay, this is a very okay. very common experience. <laughs> also very <heard>. niche. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Common and extremely niche. niche. Very common within the niche. <laughs> Correct. Uh, correct. Uh, very niche because improvisers don't have partners. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, niche because improv is a niche thing. Um, but yeah, let's say like you, you'll always meet people at the theater <laughs> whose spouses will come to them or their boyfriends or girlfriends will come. And then they're doing this one weird thing on stage and they'll always come and sit nicely like uh, in, in the audience. So it's one thing to say, hey, honey, I, I love you. I support you. It's also like, very expensive to, <laughs> it's, it, it costs a lot of energy to go and then sit and then <laughs> in the audience. But it, that's a, it's, it's, a, it's a way you show your love because, hey, here I am doing this thing for you. Um, you know, again, that, that's a whole different thing. Should you be doing that uh, if you really don't enjoy it? Probably not. But we all do things that, you know, we slightly are like, we're not as into it as somebody else. But, yeah. you know, we, the more important signal there is I love you and I support you. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, so 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 I don't know. I, I can't remember how rituals were connected to all this. What were we talking about before I brought up my blog? We were talking about like rituals. devotion versus devotion. like discipline. Exactly. So I think the important thing that we should take from the word discipline is like I think uh, 
devotion is like the key, right? Right. What's more important is devotion, but we should make sure that our devotion is like rigorous. Yeah. In some sense, like there is, there is, we're, we want to make sure that we're not fooling ourselves because it's very easy to fool ourselves. Yeah. The science is Richard Feynman said, uh, right. It's very, and usually it's mostly important just to say, Hey, am I, do I really value this? Or am I just saying, cause it's very easy to tell ourselves stories that, um, we're always telling ourselves stories. It's very easy to tell ourselves stories that are, um, nice to hear. So for example, vegetarian, <laughs> yeah was a story that I loved yes, telling myself. me too. I loved telling the world, but I didn't really tell the world very much because I wasn't a preacher. I mostly told myself. I was like, you know, but it sounded good. And was it doing the best for my health? I didn't know that. So it's important to make sure your story, to always listen to the stories you're telling mm-hmm. yourself and make sure they're rigorous. Like they stand the test of like, hey, am I values and actions in the same place? Am I doing this for the right reasons? Blah, 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 you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, there's like, I mean, I feel like there's, I mean, I think what, so what you're clarifying for me is this is interesting because I'm not very drawn to ritual. I like basically quit religion when I was like 10, you know, we would go to like synagogue and stuff and I was really not into it because I really didn't like the ritual without like the essence. I couldn't feel exactly. Yes. And I couldn't access that because I didn't have any experience to tell me that like God was real, that God wanted us to do, you know, it was, it was all being told to me. So I, and even like thinking about like a wedding ceremony, ceremony and ritual, I really, I struggle with those things. Like I'm, and I know some people are really, really drawn to them and they're so meaningful for them kind of like inherently, it seems like, and I really do not have that. And that's something that I've like struggled because I feel like it's something that's valued like in our culture, especially, I mean, probably from like religion, but I feel like even saying like the, well, you never had to do this, but saying the pledge of allegiance, like in school (laughs) Mm. type of thing where there's like, or saying the, what is the, whatever, the American song. (laughs) American song. Good Lord. (laughs) The, the national stars, anthem, the yes. National, is that the same thing as the Star Spangled <sighs> Banner? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I am not can, American. How do I know this and you don't? As you can see, it's <laughs> the not American on song. <laughs> that should be the title of this podcast. This episode is called The American Song. <laughs> um, I like yeah, that I got you that before the game like the thing like all of those little like the ritual things like I really really struggle with those and I think what you're kind of clarifying for me is this the intrinsic value I'm totally on board with the signaling to yourself and the signaling to others is where I get yeah. <laughs> where I'm like oh I don't really like value those things because right there's like I feel like I really struggle with um like identity like the concept of identity and like labels and stuff like that I really like skirt those things I feel like Mm -hmm. and I don't like to feel like I'm in a box of any kind like and it's not that I don't want like validation and approval from other people like I'm not gonna say that but like that's the signaling to myself of like, I'm this type of person, or I want to tell other people that I'm this type of person, like that sort of like, doesn't have any meaning for me. So like, I'm just realizing like, oh, if those are two big components of ritual, that makes sense. Like of why that would be potentially important to someone else, but not to me. 
it's great. Which I think is really interesting. There was something else that I wanted to touch on, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. I have two things. Okay. Tell me. While you remember your thing, I yes. have two things. Tell me. One is you just you just did it right now, which is you, you you do value not being your value is not being in a box. <laughs> yeah, I guess you value so. that very highly. Yeah, that's true. Right, you value <laughs> yeah. it very highly, I just and feel you like just signal you, like, to yourself. <laughs> no, there's no call out. It's great. Yeah, you're sick. This is your signaling. You're, you you sig- But is it a signal or is it more of just like acknowledging the truth that for myself? Like, what's the difference there? Right. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, like you're saying on your podcast or blah, 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 or in general, um, it's important to you. Like I'm, everything is signaling. You're always telling oh yourself, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think so. Uh, and yeah. maybe no, you're, you're not signaling right. to others, you're uh, but right. you're certainly signaling to yourself. We're all signaling to ourselves all the time, yeah. but I think it's, the most important thing there is what your va- what your value is, and your mm-hmm. value is that you you're not, being in a box, be, not being in a box, is an important value for you. It's it's it, you you um, you give it worth and you pursue it, right? And you're pursuing it correctly right now by but saying, I, "Hey, I, am I, yeah. I don't know, go ahead?" Well, I was just gonna, but don't you think like pursuing it requires some like action to like break out of a box? Whereas, like, I feel like that's not really, it's not intent, like, right? Like, it doesn't feel like it's in something I'm intentionally pursuing. But I guess right. avoidance, I mean, I don't know, is, is a form of that. I agree with you. I, I think it's not the same thing as, like, okay, I'm pursuing strength. Okay, I'm going to lift every day. Like, sure, right. it's not like that. It's not, it's not directionally the same thing. But I just mean, like, it's a va- the fact that it's a value right. means that it will be demonstrated in, you know, whenever can be. So if you notice yourself being mm. in a box, you probably will say, ah, there's that familiar thing that I don't want it. That, oh yeah. That, that, I think that. that's right. So if I notice myself being in a box, I will say, ah, uh, okay, maybe this is getting a little too familiar. Let me, let me do that. So yeah. That's probably true. Yeah. You'll probably take action based on that value because yeah. it's clearly important to you. Um, so that's one thing. And the second thing I wanted to say was you don't, you said you, you're on board with, uh, inherent value yeah. and, but not with the signaling self and the signaling to others. Mm-hmm. I think you are actually on board with signaling to self and signaling <laughs> to others in the rich, like, because you're, it's important. Like that's all ritual. So, um, mm-hmm. the, the thing that I was going to bring up was, um, there, there's no such thing as being on, on board. Like whenever <laughs> you be- behave in a ritual yeah. manner, okay, you are already. So the example I had was, posting every day that right. is a ritual for you interesting yeah yeah that's well, true whether it's that a, ritual a ritual or not yeah it's something you do every day <laughs> right. Right? No, that is a ritual and it I guess means something to you you yeah. have an inherent value it, it, it there's an inherent value to you know the actual yeah. getting better of the skill uh, accessing creativity but also you're telling yourself i'm the kind of person who does this all day mm. I, or or every day uh subconsciously it's ah i'm an artist actually it, it came out when you were saying um <laughs> like you uh, showed your cards when you said this. No, there's no card showing. <laughs> you said it yourself. Like we, we all say it. Like I'm. You said, oh, when I don't know what to do, I'm actually going to keep going. Yeah. I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah. Keep doing it. Because why? Just because. Because I'm that. I'm the person who does it every day. And when 
it's weird. You should do it more. That's your thing. Like, <laughs> but I guess uh, like, yeah, yeah, sorry. Keep going. Well, I guess no, that's it. Yeah. I, I, so the second thing that I was going to think of like relates to this, um, which really, I guess, comes back to like that feeling and that like internal motivation because yeah, like I'm just thinking of like, yes, the things that I do every day. So taking art as an example or posting art, do I post because I want, I mean, to be like the, the reason that I can viscerally think like, this is why I post every day is because like, I want to see, yeah. I want other people's reactions to my posts. Like there's something about like sharing it and getting feedback that I really like, even though I'm getting very little feedback, <laughs> but I'm just like, sometimes I'm like, Ooh, I'm I wish I could post a good third. You yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, like there is something that like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could post like all of these posts right now, but I know that that like, wouldn't give, like, I'm like, no, I need to like wait and like trickle them out. You dole it out to get engagement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, so that's fun. like, it's fun for me to like share that, but I don't know that it's, and I guess posting doesn't really take discipline. Cause it's like, it's already, the work is already done. I'm just putting it out, you know? So that's not really where it, like it, there is a discipline to that, I guess, but it doesn't feel like that. But the the continual drawing, like, do I do that because I'm trying to be the type of person that draws every day? Or is it, it to me, it feels like it's more out of like a curiosity. Like I'm like, Ooh, what could I, what's going to come out today? Like what thing am I going to follow today? And even right. thinking about relationships that I have where it's like my really, really close friends who I've known for like a long period of time my devotion to our friendship doesn't right. really feel, maybe there are times where I'm like, okay, I need to be there for this person and I don't necessarily really want to. But most of the time, like I do want, like I do genuinely want that. So I guess I'm just trying to like tease apart this idea. Cause I think in my own head, when I think of discipline, it, it always feels like there's resistance in there. It's like, do the thing, even though you don't want to do it. Like that feels like right. that's always kind of baked in, which doesn't feel good. Cause like, I don't want to do things that I don't want to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, but in practice, the things that I am actually devoted to, I may put a lot of energy into those things, but it's because I like genuinely really want to, like, it doesn't feel hard. There's no resistance there. Does that make sense? Right. So I guess I want to totally. just like tease that apart a little bit of like, what's the actual yeah, feeling of like discipline. And like when you're meditating for 500 days, is that, is it actually like torturous or is it, or are you like curious? Ooh, I, I really want to do this. Right. And maybe everyone relates yeah, to it differently because some people probably enjoy the self-flagellation <laughs> of doing right, something right, right. that I don't want to do, but I personally do not. Right. I, I think, um, I don't enjoy it. I don't like self-flagellation at all. Um, but I think what we're really touching on is coherence. Like all parts of me are pointing mm. in the same direction. Mm. There's a part of me that wants to work out and there's a part of me that wants to sleep. And I, the, you know, that, that, that is the presupposition behind all motivation mm. coaching and stuff like that. Oh, this part has to win. This part has to lose. Right. Uh, you know, but, what you're basically saying is like, hey, if there's any conflict, I don't care. Like, I, I'm, I'm not into it. I'm not into doing the thing if part of me doesn't want to do it. Right? Like, uh, but for me, like, uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes, um, look, there's always conflict 
within. Like um, sometimes you're a little tired, but you have to cook or something like that. Um, I'm not always, I don't know. Like I can see what we're talking about is living non-coercively. You don't want to coerce, you, you don't want to force any right. any act, activity. And um, yeah, it, it feels terrible. Nobody wants to do that. I think for me, <laughs> I liked the, um, the the meditating 500 days. It was, you know, it was for a specific purpose and a specific time. I wanted to, t for me, it was a purpose of signaling to myself that I was a guy who could say something and then do it. Mm. And, and and not just say something to the world. I never told the world anything. Yeah. I was saying something that I, I just wanted to know, can I do things that are not comfortable? Mm. Right. Because I, I agree that I, I don't want to do things that I don't want to do, but I do want to do things that are uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and I think life is, um, there is something to be said for doing things that are uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree. Maybe it's like overhyped and stuff. It's, it's important to be like non living non-coercively, living in an aligned manner is very mm -hmm. important. Um, but there is something to be said for the, for live, for living. So to be able to hold discomfort. I think life expands in proportion to one's courage. That's mm -hmm. what that's what Helen Keller said. I think there's something to be said for, you know, having, um, the, like, let's say somebody cries in front of you or somebody loses someone. Somebody like it's to be able to hold space for someone to hold discomfort, hold um, like the the big things in life involve shadow, involve pain, involve discomfort. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of big things in life that involve that. That doesn't mean life is only about that. Of course not. Right. But um, having the capacity to do things that are uncomfortable um, is a value for me as well. So, yeah. At the same... So, for me, what devotion means is it doesn't mean I'm going to do things that are uncomfortable because I want... Dis discomfort is not a value. But right. the capacity to um, hold discomfort I'm not even going to say endure discomfort. There's no virtue in enduring discomfort. But right. the, the the capacity to hold discomfort in pursuit of higher values, there's something to be said for it, you know? Yeah. There's something to be said for, um, you know, asking the hard question when it's hard for you. Like raising your hand in class when it's, uh, when you're embarrassed to ask the stupid question to, you know, fight for your friend that everybody's bullying or something like that. There's something to be said for that too, I think. Yeah. Um, Maybe we can live in a world that's not like that at some point as well. Uh, but I think at whichever world we live in, courage is always going to play a part in it. I want to be a courageous person. Uh, and courage it does involve some level of risk and the ability to at least hold discomfort. Yeah. And it, so it sounds like the meditating, it wasn't the meditation itself necessarily. That was a value. Maybe that was like a good avenue oh, or like no, a good a way to practice. You don't do things that are hard for just anything. Like you do things that are hard for the sake of doing hard. Not really. You do things that are hard because they mean something to you. You know, you want to pursue this value and you're just doing the human thing. You know, that's what all we all have to do is reconcile our values with mm -hmm. the cost of doing business, right? Like what is the cost of pursuing this value and how do I, what do I do? Like how do I make this in a way, how, how can I pursue this value that is most aligned with who I am. Um, so with meditation, I actually deeply, deeply value meditation. 
right? Very, it was, the reason I chose meditation was that it was the one thing that I was sure about in life. That mm. it was, it was, I was, it was the one thing that I was sure was good, mm. was a positive good. And I could, I, I could tell when meditating that it was worth pursuing. It was very deeply, deeply, the most, the highest spiritual value that I could, I could pursue was that. That's why I chose meditation. Now, the consistency of doing it every day was more that, you know, honestly, it started with this. Like I, like I know I've been meditating since I was like a kid dabbling, right? Meditate. I've done so many different types of meditation. I did my first Vipassana meditation retreat when I was 17. The, 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 you know, the next oldest person was in thirties, right? Mm-hmm. They were wondering, what is this kid doing? So, uh, and I was very proud of that. I was very proud that I did that. Um, silent meditation retreat, not talking to anyone. That's hard for a 17 year old kid to do. And I wanted to be a monk. So I've studied so much about it. And I've, 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 this is all I've been doing since I was a kid, like just worried about spiritual things mm-hmm. um, and understanding meditation and stuff. And then I saw on actually it was actually it was on a nerd fitness forum. Uh, there was this girl who was like she she posted she's actually a coach at nerd fitness. She she was like I'm on day forty six of a headspace streak, and it just made me feel a certain type of way. I was like, this person who's probably never thought about meditation at all who's like, uh, and you know, you know she's like doing day forty six, and I can't do three days in a row for something that I say is. That important, it's the most important thing that I've thought about my whole life. <laughs> yeah. And I've, something doesn't add up there. And I was like, okay, all right. It, it can't be that I'm so, my actions are so far apart. It doesn't mean that I'm not devoted to meditation, but there's something off, something a little off there. Like, yeah. Uh, how can I be intimidated by doing three days of meditation in a row? Like, I can't do more than that. And this person who's never thought about it for more than five minutes, uh, about the content of it, like, of course, she values the habit. That's why she's doing it. But, um, and she's doing 46 days in a row. I was, something's not adding up there. My values are not in line with my actions. I was like, okay, I don't know. I don't care. Like, if there's something I can be able to, if I, if there's anything I have a shot at, at doing, like, it's, it's got to be meditation. Because I actually value this thing. I deeply believe in it. There's, it's the least amount of internal resistance that I'll ever have to overcome. And I still have to overcome a lot. But if there's anything in the world that I have to do, it's not going to be like doing squats that at that, at that point in my life, you know, it wasn't going to be like, oh, write two morning pages a day. It wasn't going to be that. If, if there was going to be a habit that I was going to choose to do every day for a long time, the, it would have had to be that one. And I was like, okay, yeah, I should. I should probably, if this is the thing that I, I think that is so important to me, why doesn't it look like that? Like, mm-hmm. why are my actions looking so different in a, in a certain sense? And I'd never even thought about it. I was like, and it, it made me feel very jealous, honestly. And jealousy, I feel, is like it's this beautiful signal because jealousy, because people don't want to talk about it. Jealousy and shame are some of my t- favorite emotions. <laughs> people hate talking about it, but I feel like they're the most useful ones because um, they give you the most honest signals of what you mm. want. If you want to, if you know what, if you want to know what you want, you know, pay attention to what you're jealous of. Who yeah. Are you jealous of? Yeah. Uh, if you want to know what you're, what you're scared of, think about when you last felt ashamed. What, what are you feeling ashamed about? That those are the, you know, those are some of the most valuable and precious pieces of, I don't know, information signals, you know, Abraham Hicks talks about nudges, right? Like these are nudges from your soul. Like that are telling you, 
precious information. Um, but anyway, so that's how that's what that's why meditation was that to me. It wasn't yeah. just an excuse to build trust, but it was certainly those two things together. Meditation yeah. and I could only build yes, it was a tool to build self-trust, but it couldn't have been anything else. It only it, it was only meditation because I lo- I genuinely deeply believed and loved it so much and I felt the inherent value every day. I just, you know, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. That's so awesome. <laughs> I like love everything that you say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've been waiting for someone to say that. <laughs> you just like say such like profound, like, I don't know. Like, I just like love the way that you see life. And I feel like you say so many like profound and like interesting and also like helpful things. <laughs> Awesome. I do. <laughs> so glad to hear that. Well, thank you for providing the yeah. opportunity to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should maybe call it there. So we have been talking for like a really long time, but. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, do you yeah, have. You should, you should hit stop record. Uh, what was that? Well, I was going to say, do you have anything that you, you're going to start a podcast? Do yes, you want to plug I'm, that here? It, Is it too. Should I? Too... Uh, okay. My podcast is going to be called Creative Angst. Oh, I like that. Uh, look for it on all the platforms uh, when it comes out. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's basically about the creative process, the creative birthing process. Uh, so oh, you, so cool. That's like my favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, well, maybe I'll have a reply guy of my own. Uh, <laughs> you will. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's basically like um, in, in the Persian mystics, like there's this idea of like the numbers, it's like one, two, three, and four. One is like consciousness undifferentiated mm. and then consciousness wants to play. So it becomes hider and seeker. Mm. Uh, and then, then you have possibility, you have hot and cold, you have polarity, you have the world of two, which is hot and cold, short and tall, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bright and dark. And, and then, uh, and then you have three, which is in the spectrum of possibility, you have an idea, mm. right? An idea is, a, is something within the spectrum of possibility. That's number three. And then number four is that coming into reality, physical manifested reality. That's, wow. the, that's the creative birthing process in the Persian mystics in Rumi and Hafez and uh, my, uh, my Rumi teacher, Omid Arabian. Um, you know, he taught, us, he, he taught us this in his class. He's amazing. You should take his class if you can. Uh, but, uh, so, but between three and four, three is an idea and four is like reality, right? Yeah. Physical yeah, manifested yeah. reality. That's the veil between those two. Because one, two, and three are unseen. And Hmm. three is tangible. It's seen, right? So how does something come out of nothing into something, into this world? That's that's the point. That's my part. That's why it's angst. I'm, like, fascinated by that so much because I see people creating all the time. Like, improv. You just see things coming out of nowhere. Like, it just happens. Where does that come? What is the process behind that? What just happened? You know, you're creating art. Well, what just happened? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> just, like, where did Nothing was from? there, and then now there's something there. <laughs> like, how, what just happened? Like, oh. somebody writes a screenplay. Matt Schlissel just wrote, like, whatever. He's, he's doing this, uh, you know, thing with uh, yeah. Fox or whatever. What just happened? You just sat there. <laughs> there was nothing. And then something happened. That's right? okay. I've been fascinated. This is so interesting. I yeah. You just birthed into the world. You're all birthing stuff into the world. It's so beautiful to me. So that's what that podcast is about. I'm inviting myself on as a guest. Um, 
<laughs> but I want to say, like, I've actually been exploring that a lot here in terms of creating community and creating friendships because that is like a complete mystery to me. And I kind of went from knowing literally two people here to now I have like groups of friends and it's like, I kept, you know, the big flex. I'm like really popular in Asheville, (laughs) but it's like, right. Like those, they do sort of come out of nowhere. And I sort of had a sense of that before, like I manifested them, (laughs) you know, where I was kind Mm. of like, oh, I, you know, because part of me would go, oh, I need to go out. I need to take this action, take that action. I need to join a club. I need to like do this thing. But actually the way that they've all come into my life has been so graceful and I've done almost zero actions to bring them in. So there's like that really interesting, like I'm really fascinated by that too, where it's like, I want that three, right? I want, I, I can imagine this thing. I want community. I know that. I have no idea where it's going to come from, right? But somehow the universe puts things together in such a way that it's like, oh, like now I, ha- you know, now I have this. I just had to kind of like follow the things that were presented to me as opportunity, which was like so interesting. Obviously, it's different than I feel like when we create art or something, it feels like we have more mm. control. But I think when we bring things into our lives, and if you think about like every every person you've ever met, they came out of nowhere. Like the day before you met them, you had no idea you were going to meet them. But maybe they're like super important in your life. And it's like, wait, <laughs> like how did I go from one to the mm. other? It's like yeah. so mysterious. <laughs> I'm super interested in hearing about your friend thing, maybe another time, but that's so interesting to me. Have you heard of Alexander Technique? Yeah, but I don't know that much about it. So I just went to Vibe Camp in Texas. Uh, you go to you know, so many camps. Of Twitter people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but there was this workshop kind of thing where somebody was talking about Alexander Technique as um, being aware of expanding your circle of awareness. It's called expanded mm-hmm. awareness. So when you're aware of a lot of, you're aware of the room and then you're aware of the area behind the room, you behave in a different way. And, and mm-hmm. when, when there are people uh, in your circle that are in your awareness mm-hmm. uh, and you're aware of their presence, um, actually my voice just deepened when I did that. <laughs> it, it uh, you know, you, you behave in a, in a more grounded, relaxed, light, lighter way. Yeah. And, um, the image that I got in my head is like you went through the world having an idea of how your friends, you were aware of a certain type of friendship that, or, or groups of friends, friendships. What was your, yeah. Anyway, I, I know, I know we should probably wrap, but we could, t- I mean, we can keep going. We I don't talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, we I should don't probably wanna, talk about that. I don't want to put a pin in it. <laughs> oh, okay. Talking. Do so you want what to? Was, what okay. did you, what did you imagine? Like, what well, did you, uh, like, Okay, so you walked around the world thinking, you said you actually had three, so it wasn't just a possibility. You actually had a, an, an idea of how you wanted, what kind of friendships you wanted and what kind of groups you wanted to be. Yeah, well, I actually literally said to someone at one point, I was like, I want, because I had sort of met, um, I had met some people through someone at the theater had introduced me to someone, and then that person had brought me into like this book club. And that was like very early on moving here, which was like super nice. Um, But all of the people there had like kids, they were sort of just in a different like life stage than me. And then I had also met some people at 
this venue slash record store who were um, like, didn't have kids, like not, not married, but like younger. So there was, I was sort of like in between these two where I had these like younger, like really fun artsy friends. Gen Z's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then maybe not that young, but like probably mid twenties ish, maybe. And then I had these like older friends who are probably more like late thirties, forties. Um, and then actually like their moms. <laughs> so just like mm-hmm. people who were totally, so I was kind of missing this um, like I was like super into like both of these groups and I was like so grateful for them. But then there just was like this one day where I was like, hmm, like I think I am wanting something else too. Like I, there's something that's like not being fulfilled. And I was like, what I would really love is to meet some people who are like single or not married or they could be married, but like not have kids. Like someone that's a group of people that's like in my own sort of like life stage. And then I literally, my cousin called me and was like, Hey, I just was like on the phone with this guy through like work something. And he just moved to Asheville like a little bit before you did with his girlfriend. And like, he asked me to give you or like give him your number or whatever, so that you guys can like go get dinner. And I was like, cool. Um, So I went to dinner with them and they were just like really awesome. And they were like, Hey, like tomorrow we're having a dinner party. If you want to come, you can like meet all the people that we've met in Asheville. So literally in the span of like two days, I like went to dinner with these people. The next time, the next night I went to their house and like met 10 more people. And it's like, everyone is my age. Wait, they were like, so new exactly. to Asheville and they knew 10 people. They were going to this co-working space. So like all of the people that go to this co-working space are friends. They're all my age. Like there probably is some variance, but I was just hanging out with them. And we found out that all of us are 32 or 33. Like everyone is, some people are in like married, some people long distance, but or like in long-term relationships, but like no one has kids. So it's like all of these kind of people that are my age in like my same life stage. And um, so I, yeah, like I literally, it was like the exact kind of like thing. I had no idea where that was going to come from. It came super randomly. Like it was just a call to my, you know, my cousin, there was like no action or like anything on my part other than, you know, following through and like going to dinner and going to the house, you know, but it was more of like a response rather than a, you know, trying to make something happen type of thing. Right. But isn't that crazy? I mean, that's a mystery. Like we don't, we'll never know how that was orchestrated. That's the mystery of life. <laughs> like in a way, like we can't know that. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. Isn't it so no, wild? It's it's the creative process. I, I love how you connected that social reality or manifestation mm-hmm. or um, that to the creative process. Like yeah. you have perhaps like with, especially with the Alexander technique, when you're, you you have expanded awareness of your environment, you could also just hold something with you. You can hold an idea Mm. with you as you move through the world. Yeah. Like this idea of whatever you want, like a friend groups that's, they don't have kids yet, but they're not like Zoomers. Uh, Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. You can, you can hold that feeling inside and as you move through the world and, or not hold the feeling, like hold, hold space for, for that. And travel with that, and um, yeah, I'm just yeah. Seems like a really cool way to create 
things out of nowhere. Because uh, totally. honestly, the yeah. whole Abraham Hicks process is, in, in in a sense, it's. I know we've talked about that before in your previous yeah. podcast, maybe. Um, but this idea of, um, what is it, man? I forgot all the all the words. But it, it comes into being, but it's not seen yet, right? It's not seen yet, yeah. and then you have to be. It's all in the vibrational <laughs> vortex world or whatever. <laughs> but basically, what it is is it's not there. Yeah, in physicality, but it's it's there in your, in in, in something that's pre physicality. Yeah, right. right. Um, but it, yeah, that idea of just walking around as in an expanded in a state of expanded awareness in in a, in a vibrational state seems very interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, and I always think it's like head. intention and curiosity, right? You have you have that honest intention of I this is something I really really want. And then you have curiosity about it of, I don't know how it's going to come, but I'm, I'm interested, (laughs) like, you know, and that's kind of like an openness to like allow it to come. I mean, I think about how easy it was for me to manifest these relationships and it's turning out to be a lot of women, which I historically am very good at manifesting female friendships. And that's been really pretty easy for me. And I don't have a lot of like thought around that which is not the case for all women um right but with guys it's a little bit harder like yeah I this whole time I've also wanted (laughs) a boyfriend and I have yet to manifest that so it's like there's something there that makes it harder for me to manifest that type of intimate relationship maybe just because it's been hard for me in the past so maybe I don't have as much openness to it or for some reason like holding that is harder for me. I, I, maybe I don't hold it with the, the right pressure. Like I'm crushing it or I'm holding it too loosely or something right. like that. Whereas like with these like female friendships or this, like, and this like kind of group of friends for whatever reason that was came into my experience really quickly and easily. So that's like an interesting thing too. It's like, why is like, I don't know, like, why are some things easier? Some things harder to bring in. Right. I don't know. Maybe there's something between those that three and four step, <laughs> like. Well, that's I don't the birthing process, right? Yeah. Or How between the second and third world? step. What is three and four yeah. again? Three, three is idea. Four is physicality. Oh, two is polarity. Two is possibility and polarity. Yeah, um, it's a space of possibilities. What is possible, hmm. um, right? In, um, yeah, it's also the question. It's it's. Uh, it, it's more of a memetic story. It's a meme. So it, 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 it represents how the world came into being. It represents how ideas come into mm-hmm. the world. It rep- like, it's just a way to think about how things become quote unquote real. Hmm. Um, right. It's a very, very interesting story. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how, I don't have an answer to your question about your boyfriend. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going <laughs> like, to call in. I'm going to call in the one for you. Thank <laughs> so you. I'm going to call in the one <laughs> for you. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I think, I, I think it could be a lot of things. Um, but I'm taking away from that, that the social, like creating social connections is not very different from the, the creative birthing process and, mm-hmm. uh, it's, that's a way of creating th- things too. Yeah. So that's what I'm taking away from that. Because I actually have been maybe limiting myself in a certain way of like, I can learn a lot from you where I, I think of, oh, 
you don't have the friendships that you have in your head, okay, um, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mm. Like, have you done? Have you done something? Da, da, da. And then I've been historically good at doing things. Mm. So I would go to the theater like a billion times. Yeah, I would yeah. Go to this meetup. Oh, you're saying like, hey, Vivek, you go to a lot of camps. Yeah, I do. <laughs> All to make friends, right? Yeah. Um, and but that you, could be the thing interests. that makes sense for you. You know what I mean? Because right. it's like, if there was something that made sense to, to me, and, and I do, I go out to like a coffee shop or I go out to a concert or whatever. And like, those things are things that I want to do. And like, I could totally meet people there potentially. Hmm. Um, but I'm not looking up, okay, I need to find meetup. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a different energy about it where it's like, if I want to stay home, I stay home and just trust friends will find me when I do go out or insert through a random phone call or whatever. Right. Um, no, I think, uh, exactly. I, I'm just like, from, from our, from this conversation, I'm, I'm taking yeah. away that. So I have met friends and stuff yeah. in the things that I do. So it's, yeah. it might be the thing that makes sense for me, of course. Yeah. But I'm saying like, even if I didn't make, fr- I do the things yeah. that would make sense for me, even if it didn't yeah. make friends through them. Right. But what this conversation is teaching me is like, Hey, if you want to make friends, make sure you have an allowance for, hmm the possible like what you want inside like you have an idea you're you you have a vision you have a feeling that you have inside intention and then be curious about how you know curiosity is like how how is it gonna come into being honestly intention and curiosity well curiosity is certainly my favorite part of improv where like for me it's always um my favorite part of improv is not the la- laughs are the best when they're discovered. Mm, like, discovery yeah. is the best. Mm-hmm. Like when you're discovering the same thing together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just, the audience, the best improv shows, the audience is on the edge of their seat, astonishingly curious about what is going to happen or what is, what people are actually talking about. What uh, that tension in the room of co-creating this thing, it, it, that anticipation, that curiosity, it's, um, yeah. Uh, so if I have an intention to create a fr- to, to create a friend, uh, to but but to experience a certain friendship, and then you have uh, you're curious about how that's gonna come into being, I, I feel like that's a very very cool energy to play with. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So. We better stop. <laughs> but I want to come onto your podcast if you'll have me. Yeah. We can talk about. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I mean, I. Lo- that's like one of my favorite topics. Is that that moment of creation is like, I'm just like, Oh, I want to know it. I want to like understand <laughs> what it is and like see it in different places and stuff. So I'm excited also to listen to your podcast. What's the name of it again? Creating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't started anything yet. I've only taped like three conversations and oh, okay. two of them have to be retaped. So when it is out, I'll yes. put the link in the show notes. Um, oh my God. Thank you so much. Yeah. That would be amazing. But yeah. Um, you you know I had the initial name of making the making oh, meaning making. project, mm. but it's now going to be called creative angst. Creative angst, love it. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to cool. plug? Uh, Vivek seventeen on Twitter. Vivek seventeen. Okay, nice. I'm gonna on Twitter. Vivek T seventeen. Oh yes. T. Okay, I'll put it, yeah. that in the show notes as well. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you so so much for having me. <laughs> Thank yes, you. It's such a pleasure to chat Thank with you, you. and yeah. I hope to get to see you soon. I know, me too. I'm, yeah, thanks for staying on with me for so long. (laughs) All good. No problem. See you on Instagram.